0: When I was a kid, uh, we would go to church all the time, and we would say, just like we said this morning, that he is risen, and we'd reply, he's risen indeed. And uh, when you first start out saying stuff like that, you don't know what you're supposed to say back, right? You feel trapped. You feel on the outside. You're going to mess it up, right? Maybe that happened to you this morning. I don't know what to say. I forgot. This isn't kind of my normal scene. You have to kind of know about stuff like this in the church club, I think. There's some things that you can learn kind of ahead of time from talking to someone else, but there's other things in life, I think, that you need to experience for yourself to know what they really are like. You know, somebody maybe, maybe coached you, this is what you should say, uh, but until the bullets are flying, you know, am I going to remember, right? That's kind of like preaching. Am I going to mess it up? Who knows, right? You never know until you get here. I've heard a lot about Sunrise Service. This is my first time experiencing one here at Three Crosses for myself. And uh, when I moved to California, I didn't think it'd be cold at Sunrise Service, you guys. I forgot my gloves. It's windy. My notes are blowing all around. Um, You guys are standing in the back. You guys are the real heroes. Can we give our smoking section a hand back there, you guys? So great to just celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ this morning. And I think we should have a little fun in so doing. Um, there's a lot of things in life that you don't really understand until you experience them for your own self. Uh, I was thinking, Pastor Mark was sharing, there's uh, billions of Christians all around the world. And we're actually among the last to celebrate on Easter. I think that's pretty cool. But I was reminded of some of my friends around the world that celebrated Easter this morning. My friends in Romania um, celebrating the Lord. What a great treat that is. My family back in Kansas City celebrating the Lord. Uh, Sunrises in the Midwest. Has anybody ever seen one of these? It's beautiful. There's nothing blocking your view, you guys. You can see for forever. It's just flat. You have to experience it. You think that's a joke. It kind of is a joke, but it really is beautiful. Have you experienced that? I remember the first time I went to Pike's Place Market in Seattle, and like the smell and the sight and and the sound, and I'd heard about this. But being there was really cool as an experience, unlike any other, I think. I remember when I had uh, children for the first time. I still have children. (laughs) Sometimes you lose your kids. Not me. I heard about that. Somebody else lost them in a store. But I had my first son, Roman. He's almost 10 now. I remember taking him to church, and people would say things to me like, it goes so fast, right? And I was like, yeah, it probably does. And blink. It's 10 years. You've experienced that speed of life. Nobody can tell you about that. You just have to live it. I had an experience. I, I shared a little bit about my friends in Romania. My, I might even call him my best friend. His name is Florine. He's a, a Romanian guy. He came to know the Lord under communist reign, which is a miracle. I'll tell you about that maybe another day. But I remember in 1992... I was uh, at home watching the Olympics on television. My parents had won a trip to go to Barcelona to the Olympics, which meant I was unattended at home with grandma and grandpa. All the ice cream I could sneak, it was great. All the Olympics I could watch, it was great. And I remember they had a, a special about the country of Romania and the orphan crisis that was there in that country. I was like nine years old, and for some reason it really touched me. I knew about their country. I remember reading about it in school, what it was like to have communism in a nation. I learned about it. I studied it. And then I met this guy, Florine, and he told me about his life there, what it was like growing up. Then I went there, and I saw what effect that had on that country. Experiencing Romania was totally different than just hearing about Romania. But you know what? Having been there, knowing people, living there— for a time, just a couple of weeks. It seemed like a long time when you don't really have internet and stuff. But I'm still an outsider to what it was like there. I wasn't really a part. I felt like a guest. A welcome guest, but a guest, kind of on the outside looking in. It's not my home. It's not my experience. I will never really know what it was like to have been there during those dark years. Sometimes I think we think about the gospel this way, too. That we might be an outsider, a guest, a welcome observer. But the gospel sometimes we think about as something that happens to someone else. And we get to hear about it. We get to be here at Sunrise Service and think about it. We get to read about it in the Bible. We get to think about what would it have been like to see Jesus? What would it have been like to experience a miracle from him? But sometimes we think of the gospel as if we're a welcome guest on the outside looking in. It's secondhand for us. It's not real for you and for me sometimes. Maybe you read about the mighty acts of God in the Old Testament. You think, what would it have been like to see the clouds on Mount Sinai, to see the law being given, to walk through that Red Sea on dry ground, to escape Egypt? You think about it, you read about it, you might even have memorized it in Bible school, but you didn't get to experience it. You might even be here this Sunday because you've heard somebody's testimony about Jesus, like we just did from AJ. You've seen one of our posts on social media, or maybe there's a friend or a family member who says, you've got to experience this thing about Jesus, but you've just heard about it. For you, it's still secondhand. Jesus isn't something that's real to you today. Sometimes we think about the gospel as knowing the right things, doing the right stuff, coming to the right place at the right time, jumping through a set of hoops. The gospel somehow is written down in the Bible, and if I can just get this right, I get to go to heaven. We know about Jesus, second hand, third hand maybe, but we don't think of Jesus Christ as something we can experience for ourselves. Sometimes we think of our salvation, maybe we got saved long ago, and it was good back then, but right now I feel dry. It doesn't feel real to me anymore. I feel like a welcome guest in God's family sometimes. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you feel a little bit on the outside looking in, like you've heard about God, but you haven't really experienced him for yourself, or you haven't really experienced him very recently. The Apostle Paul, I think, is one who may have felt likewise. Today I'd like to read through some of his testimony for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I want to tell us about Paul, what he experienced about the resurrection of Christ, how he experienced the gospel for himself. And as we reflect on this text, I want to tell you, today, Jesus is alive. He is risen, and he wants to reveal himself To me and to you, firsthand. If you have your Bible or your app, and I know you have your app because I've seen you Instagramming the crosses, right? I might have snuck one in myself. We're going to turn to First Corinthians chapter fifteen, and I'll read it for you here. We'll start in just in verse one. We'll go about to verse eight, and it says this. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel that I preached to you, which you received and in which you stand Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, although some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. His grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. But it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believe. So as I share a few thoughts on this passage this morning, let's remember that Jesus is alive, and he wants each of us to experience him for ourselves. As Paul related this to the church at Corinth, he is emphasizing here in verse 3 that Christ really died and he really was buried. For the gospel, Jesus' real death, his real burial, and his real resurrection matters. This isn't a myth. It's not a story. It's not something that just happened a long time ago and doesn't matter anymore. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't God's plan B but Jesus Christ died in accordance with the scriptures. He was buried in accordance with the scriptures. Christ's death was the plan of God before the foundations of the world. We were talking a little bit this morning about people telling you about experiences, kind of clueing you in on what it might be like. And if we gauge witnesses according to their reliability, what's more reliable than the scriptures? You know, if someone recommends a restaurant to you, do you want to go there? Well, it depends on their taste in restaurants, right? If I want to find out um, a good barbecue place in Kansas City, I ask my dad. He knows about them all. If I want to know what fiction book to read, I ask my friend Dave. He's read it all. If I want to know what coffee shop to go to, I ask Joey, and then I go to Cafe Four anyway. (laughs) If I need to know what to wear, I ask my wife. Right, she lets me know. I don't even ask; she just tells me. If I need to know what sort of car to get, I ask my brother. If I want to know, oh, I don't know what to say anymore. If I need to know what worship songs are cool, thank you. I ask Nick. If I want to know if my jokes are funny, I ask Marissa. And if I want to know what is the plan of God since the foundation of the world, I ask the Scriptures. They can be trusted. Christ died. He was buried according to the scriptures. This matters. Sometimes I think we we even get that. We understand that. We read about that a little bit intuitively, that the cross somehow is important on Easter. We know something happened way back then, and we know that everything has changed. We know a lot about the cross, but we haven't experienced the cross. And that's part of the good news of the gospel, you guys, that we didn't have to experience the, cry, the cross for ourselves, that Jesus took our place on it, that we get to hear about it, that we get to know about it, that we get to proclaim it and even celebrate it today. But we didn't have to be on there. Jesus took our place. He experienced it for us so that we would never know what it was like to be punished for our sin like we deserve. That is good news on this Easter morning. That is good news. The really good news, though, I think, is that Christ really was raised on the third day, according to the Scriptures. And that's what we celebrate this Easter morning, that Jesus is alive and he remains so. You know, some people today think that the resurrection was just a nice story or it's a myth or that it's this great idea that we can kind of hang our lives on. It wouldn't it be cool if we just thought, maybe if God is alive, maybe he might help us. But this idea that the resurrection doesn't matter couldn't be further from the truth. Jesus took our sin on the cross, and he died in our place, but he didn't stay dead. Sin did not defeat him. Death did not defeat him. He overcame. Jesus went willingly to the cross and he rose again. And how do we know that he rose again? Well, Paul says, let's ask the people who were there. Here in verse 5, it says that he appeared to Cephas, then to the 12th. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are alive, although some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles." Now, you and I can't go and ask these people, but in Paul's day when he wrote this letter, they were all still there. If you doubted if Christ was risen, you could go ask Peter. You could go ask James. You could go ask one of these 500 people who saw him. They would tell you the truth. They saw him. They experienced him. Jesus is alive. Uh, Pastor Mark at the beginning read us a passage about the women at the tomb and how they went uh, expecting to find Jesus' body in the grave and to care for it. So we know that Paul even left some people out of the list here, some important people. But I'm really grateful for those women at the tomb. You know, they went on that Easter morning, and they knew that Jesus was dead. They came to honor him anyway. But did they know, do you think, do you think they really knew that Jesus was dead? Or do you think that they may have allowed themselves to hope a little bit? like. Maybe something's changed. Maybe something's different. Maybe Jesus is alive. Maybe we got the news wrong. Maybe. Maybe. Did they, like that Father and Mark, think, I believe. Help my unbelief. Even if they knew better, did they dare to approach Jesus with hope? Sometimes, though, I think that in my own life, I feel like God might be too busy to deal with my problems Sometimes I know, or I think I know, that maybe my sin and my mistakes are beyond his reach. Because after all, I know better, but I make these mistakes anyway. Sometimes I know that since my faith has been filled with doubts my whole life, God's not ready for me yet. Sometimes I know that since my following Jesus has been focused more on doing the right thing than on a vibrant relationship with him, He's not ready for me. Do you ever think that, that you approach Jesus, but you don't really think that he's alive and ready to meet you, or he's really not ready to accept you, or he's really not ready to change your life? Maybe those women did on that morning, and they found a miracle that Jesus was alive beyond what they could ever expect or imagine. And I know the same is true for me and for you today no matter your doubts, no matter your sin, no matter your mistakes, no matter what's in your heart, Jesus is alive, and he wants to meet you. Forget it. (laughs) This guy. Pastor Mark, can we give this guy a blue ribbon, please? But it's great to read about Jesus' resurrection in the Bible. It's great to read about these women. It's great to read about Paul and all his friends. They got to see Jesus face to face. And here we are standing outside, freezing our tails off. Where is he? Where is Jesus? Here in verse 8, Paul says that last of all, Jesus appeared to me as to one untimely born. And that's great for Paul, right, that he got to see Christ face to face. It's great for Peter that he got to walk with Jesus face to face. But what about us? What about us? Can he appear to us in the same way that he did for Paul? And I believe this morning that yes, yes, he can. You know, for a long time in my life, I didn't feel that Jesus was really alive in a vibrant way that I could see him face to face, that I could experience him. In my heart. I mean, I, I believed. I did believe. I could argue with you about it. I could quote you from the Bible about it. I knew all of the answers. I knew the facts. I knew the figures. I knew the reasons for belief. I had it all down. I had flawless church attendance. I went to Christian school from a Christian family with Christian parents. My grandfather taught at seminary, preparing pastors for their life work. I knew it all. From the outside, you would think, this guy, he knows Jesus. And yet, and yet, for me, knowing Jesus was just words on a page. It was a story in a book. It was something that happened to someone else that I got to read about. I got to kind of peek through the window and see what it was like. It felt like the gospel was a club that everybody else was in, and I was kind of pretending to be in there. I knew the words. I knew the password. I knew how to act. I knew how to dress. I didn't feel like I was in the club, really. I had given my heart to Jesus. I had prayed the sinner's prayer. I do truly believe that even if I had died, I would have gone to heaven. But you know what? Jesus didn't rise again just so that one day when we die, we can get to heaven. That's part of it, for sure. But Jesus is alive now. His kingdom is here now. He told his disciples in Matthew 28, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So maybe you're like me. Maybe you know all about Jesus. Maybe you know all about Easter, and you're such a professional Christian, you even came to sunrise service. (laughs) Maybe you've done this your whole life, but is Jesus alive in your heart? Is he risen for you? Does he feel like a savior, a king, a friend, a friend that sticks closer than a brother? Or does it feel like Jesus is there for someone else? If that's you today, if you feel like Jesus is close and alive in your heart and vibrant, let's celebrate that. This is the best day in history Like Nick said, Jesus is alive forever. And if you find yourself on the other side, peeking through that picket fence and wondering, when will Jesus feel alive to me? Man, today can be our day. In Revelation chapter 3, Jesus promises the church that, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone will come and open the door and let me in, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. He can be alive and with us right now. Not for your friends, not for your family, not just in your brain, not just with facts, but Jesus is alive, and he wants to reveal himself to me and to you today to change us. Let's go to him in prayer and and thank him for it. Lord God, thank you that you are alive, that you stand present with us even now, Father, your word promises us that where two or three are gathered, you are there in the midst of them. And Father, you are here. We celebrate your resurrection. We celebrate your life. We celebrate your victory over sin, death, hell, and the grave. Father, we celebrate your victory over the sin in our life. Father, we celebrate your victory over our unbelief, over our dry spiritual walk. We celebrate your victory over our problems. We celebrate your victory in our marriage. We celebrate your victory. Wherever we need it, Lord Jesus, we celebrate your victory. Would you be alive and powerful for us this morning? Father, may this Easter be something that changes our hearts, transforms our lives, connects us with you together in a a rich, fresh way. Father, you are good. Your mercy is new every morning. And this morning, Father, may that be true in our lives and our hearts. We pray.